0: This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place. Like Texas, you've never been. But it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Hey, everyone. A little word to the wise. There is a smidgen of cursing in this episode Despite my best efforts, but hey, never claimed I was a good person.
1: Welcome to Electric Liberty Land, here on the Lions of Liberty podcast, your weekly shot of culture, comedy, and liberty with your host, Brian McWilliams.
0: Hello, everybody out there in electric liberty land welcome to the show i am brian Williams, as always your beautiful host and guys this is episode 10 we made it to 10 shows and i'm all alone all alone in my 10th show tear rolling down my face might have been whiskey i might have missed my mouth and splashed a little whiskey in my eye actually maybe that's it i'm sipping on a little little green spot actually it was a uh a gift from mark lovely little gift from Mark for my birthday. But yeah, so this is episode 10, meaning you can go to lionsofliberty.com forward slash ELL10 for all the show notes that I post there. I use my hard-earned time, my hard-earned money and energy to post those links. I doubt any of you bastards actually look at them. But still, they're there. Uh, Also, guys, at the top of the show, I want to remind you, we've got Mark, said buyer of Whiskey, on Mondays, so make sure to check out his podcast with all of the leaders of the libertarian movement. And of course, people that are on the periphery as well. Might get a little bit out that later, but, uh, and also, of course, John Odermat on Felony Fridays. You can't miss that. Find out what's wrong with the justice system. We're going to talk about the justice system today too. Just a little bit. We're talking about everything. It's a smorgasbord. I'm just, I'm going to throw in the whole thing. I'm throwing everything at the fan, throwing it at the wall you know see what sticks to either the fan or the wall <laughs> mixing metaphors <laughs> throwing throwing metaphors at the wall <laughs> ah so another thing i got to mention to at the top of the show guys Uh, We now have a special Lion's Pride that you can join if you want to support the podcast. We've had some people sign up, which is awesome. Gives us a lot of encouragement. we put on some special content for that. We have a call uh, on certain levels of our our Lion's Pride. We even do a call with you You get some feedback on the show, shoot the shit a little bit. You can check that out at lionsofliberty.com forward slash support. And please check out our t-shirts, lovely t-shirts from uh, Dan Smotts. You can find those at lionsofliberty.store. All right, now that that's out of the way, I want to get into some topics here. As I said, there is a lot to talk about. It would be nice to have just a nice, relaxed show, one of these days where there weren't like 400 things to talk about. Maybe just have a nice show about gardening. Brian, how are your turnips? My turnips are great. How are your beats? Uh, Beat season just ruined my life. Uh, But I will talk about a little stuff. You know, that's funny. The intro to the show, it does say pop culture. And I rarely talk about it. Because there's too much going on in the world of politics. But I will talk about a couple things here. One thing I want to share with you uh, is a dream I had. Not that that's pop culture. But it is pop science. But I had this crazy dream last night. And I got to share this thing. Because I woke up just asking myself what, what in God's good name, uh, I ate or drank the night before to give me these dreams. I don't remember all of it, because you know how dreams are. It's kind of a, that, that weird waking state. But I do remember distinctly that I was on some sort of mission with the one and only Hillary Clinton. She was leading the mission. I was like uh, one of her lackeys or a backup guy. You know, like I had a gun. But I remember I was really pissed off because she wouldn't let me go on the part of the mission where I actually got to uh to like shoot my gun or use it in any way and I was all pissed off about it. So I remember like going up a stairway outside of you know what it was Columbia lords house whatever we were doing. Whatever covert action Hillary Clinton was leading at this point in time in my wacky dream. But I remember going off to the side and yelling back over my shoulder. I was like, "Hey, Hillary, you're an alcoholic." And that was, that was my big zinger. <laughs> so that was the weird dream I had last night. Uh, I also, though, this gets to the pop culture, I also did see a movie called Logan last night. Now, I have been very lax in seeing a lot of films lately. It has been too busy with uh, everything else under the sun. But I wanted to see Logan. I grew up a big fan of Wolverine and a huge fan of the X-Men comics, as I'm sure many of you out there in Liberty Land did as well. And I will say this. I enjoyed it. It was great. I've always loved Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, even though uh, some of the movies did not have the greatest writing. Let's be honest. And, it, you know, you can say he's a little hammy, but this was great. This movie, fantastic all the way through. Kept my attention. And I will say, very strong libertarian underpinnings. I'm telling you, man, there are a lot of libertarian themes working their ways into movies nowadays. There's a movie I saw a trailer for called The Circle, which was very much anti-putting um, you know, yourself out there, anti-spy, anti-putting, you know, having everything that you interact with spy on you. Which, of course, we just saw with Vault 7. And if you're not familiar with Vault 7, that is the revelation that, oh, uh, you know, the CIA has got all these hacking tools that can hack into your computer, hack into your TV. I've got my computer open right now. I didn't put a piece of tape over the little eyeball, probably recording me, probably taping me. Your gaming console, they can, uh, in theory, they've got tools that can hack into your car and crash your car if it's got any sort of automatic steering or emergency steering systems, which screw buying Alexis, Lexus because I don't want my car crashing. Forget Tesla. I don't need the auto-drive feature, thank you. Just means the CIA can assassinate me all the more easy. So, uh, yeah, so that that Vault 7 thing is terrifying and plays into the Circle film very well. And I'm just going to touch on the Vault 7. You guys can read all about it. It just came out. But those are the basic revelations that came out of it. Um, but getting back to Logan. So this movie I'm watching, you know, these libertarian themes come up. For one, if you're familiar with Wolverine at all, you know he was created in a government lab. You know, he's got his claws, which they were bones and they layered metal on him. And then they were, you know, they they were doing all these tests and he was created as a super soldier. So there's all this kind of underpinning of the government will use you. The government will take people that have special gifts and try to, to, you know, manipulate them to their own efforts or their own ends. And this movie was no different. Now, I'm not going to give away any spoilers or I'll try my hardest not to, but. The themes of the movie again come back to this whole X Men concept of overarching government involvement, government control, uh, and trying to to you know take this part of the population that is special or outside of the regular purviews, you know, the establishment kind of purviews, and to try to either destroy them or control them or trap them or to force them to bow to government whims and be part of the government's overall plot. That is very prevalent. Now, in this movie, Logan and Professor X live very much off the grid, you know, getting out of the way. No, no electronics, no surveillance, that kind of thing. They also, I mean, just in general, think about this. And I remember saying this on the Johnny Rocket podcast two years ago, our first uh, Thanksgiving Bukaki show. But the X Men as a whole is insanely libertarian. You got a professor who runs a private charity that is also a school. So a privately funded school, essentially homeschooling these kids. Or you could call it a, uh, I guess, a charter school of sorts, even though they're not getting, you know, they don't have to pay for it themselves. But they're getting free education outside of uh, public schooling. And they're going out on missions to fight against the government, to fight against government control. They're undermining the government at every every turn that they possibly can. So it's all super libertarian. And this movie, I just, I every time, every, every beat, I'm like, oh, that's libertarian. That's libertarian. That's libertarian. Uh, the one thing that wasn't libertarian was, uh, you know, I guess Mark pointed out, Professor Xavier can use his mind control powers to control people. That is a clear violation of the non-aggression principle. But, uh, you know, we'll let it slide in this case. So anyway, check out Logan. It was uh, it was cool. I think you guys would enjoy it out there in Liberty Land. Next thing I want to get into, let's get into some real topics here. Uh, so first thing I want to hit on is the Department of Justice slush fund. And that was uncovered, and you know Trump said the GOP is going to crack down on it. The GOP says we're going after Obama and uh, the you know, Department of Justice post-Obama for this slush fund, which they use, and was created under Obama's administration. Now, of course, if you're not familiar with this, this is Attorney General Eric Holder, who is still a huge part of Obama's little uh, post-presidency insurrection team, which is going on right now, where he and this, this gal Jarrett and Michelle Obama and Eric Holder, They're holed up into Washington, basically trying to start an insurrection against the president, going against all precedent. uh, Whatever happened to the the peaceful transfer of power? Remember that? (laughs) Remember when that was a thing in this country? No, no, no. Not for the Democrats. Not for for insane Democrats in pussy hats. No, no, no. Now Obama's got to try to undermine him. He's got to organize groups. He's got to organize protests from Washington. God forbid he goes just, you know, eh, go to Virginia for a little bit. Maybe, maybe go in Little Woods. So, no, he's fighting against it. But the slush fund he had was used to promote very liberal, very progressive groups to try to organize riots, try to organize people to rise up for certain causes. I'll give you a perfect example of this. Eric Holder in the Department of Justice funded and organized a group to riot—well, not riot—to protest— over the Trayvon Martin shooting. Now, you might ask, why the hell should the government be involved in that case when the case was not even solved yet, or the case was not even resolved yet? It was recently after it happened. It was when they were still talking talking to the guys, figuring out if Zimmerman was or was not guilty of this crime. In the meantime, Department of Justice is promoting people to march and protest in the streets over a decision that hasn't even been made yet. Now, the Department of Justice should have been neutral in this. Shouldn't they be trying to find the facts out of the case? If they're going to get involved in any way, shape, or form, it should be to try to find the truth, to try to give this man an impartial hearing. And clearly, the Department of Justice is trying to interfere in what's happening by... By riling all these people up to try to influence the jury, to try to influence the media, to say, no, this is a huge deal. We've got to get the media behind us. They need to They need to say, oh, my God, the people are against this. They're against uh, gun rights. They're against Zimmerman. This is a hate crime. Clearly, there's a horrible divide in America between white and black. Forget that George Zimmerman is Hispanic. That's not the role of government. And this disgusting slush fund is not only used in this way, but also used in Ferguson, and I'm sure a myriad of other ways that I don't even know about, that I'm sure – well, I can't say I'm sure – that I hope will be uncovered very soon. So it makes me very happy to see the GOP is, at least on the surface, going to to look towards this issue – Again, things are moving so fast, who knows? Now, the Obamacare replacements rolling out, Trump Care, and I'm going to talk about that in a little bit as well. Like I said, it's all coming up in the show because there's a million things to talk about. In the meantime, I can barely enjoy this whiskey. Just too many thoughts rattling around the old brain here. All right, so that's the first thing I wanted to hit, just uh, that insanity of the slush fund existing. And, of course, where is the media outrage about this? No, not existent. Just like there's no outrage over Obama's insurrection group that he's created. Which is insanity. Just think about it. if George Bush, when he left office, George W., if George W. had created, like, the nuclear uh, Yahoo Rangers to take down the Democrats. Like, if he had done that, there would have been such a crazy storm of outrage. People would have been, again, rioting in the streets. Oh, my God, I can't believe it's a president would would take this action to... To undermine our entire democratic system. Well, really, republic system. But to undermine the whole system. None of that's going on. No one's talking about it. No one seems to think it's odd that Obama's behind pulling the strings on this stuff. No. We got to get upset because, you know, because Trump still may be involved with Russia. Despite the fact that there's still no evidence whatsoever to that. And, by the way, another thing from Vault 7... There's also a little uh, technique that the CIA developed where they can, it's called fingerprinting uh, someone, you know, basically an attack by themselves to make it look like it's from a foreign entity. Doesn't that sound like something they could have done with this whole Russia thing? You know, because they said, oh, we've got pure evidence that so they never released anything. But they said, well, it looks like the techniques that the Russians use. Oh, like their fingerprint, <laughs> for example? What a coincidence. So this, uh, this wiretapping That went on, these leaks that happened, supposedly linking Trump to Russia that was obtained by probably the CIA and now is being said, looks like Russian handiwork. Oh, well, guess what? We we figured out that that's just you guys manipulating it. But again, no, let's keep up the lie that Trump and Russia were in bed together. Because that makes it so much easier, too, that Obama wiretapped Trump. Let's talk about that for a little bit. Let's talk about not only the fact that Trump said it and there was so much anger from the media that Trump would dare denounce Obama, despite the fact—and and, and every story, by the way, that came up, every single story that came out said the same thing. I read this headline 17 times. Trump accuses Obama of wiretapping Trump Tower with no evidence. They all said that, with no evidence. Now, forget again what I just said that Trump's been accused of being colluding with Russia and his, and his, all this stuff with no evidence. And the media gobbled that up with a spoon and kept repeating that ad nauseum. But no, there is evidence. There's very clear evidence, actually, that Trump was wiretapped by the Obama administration, even though Obama's denial is a weak one. He says, Oh, well, I wouldn't, I didn't order that. No, you didn't directly order it. You didn't go directly to the person and say, click wiretap. No, what he did is he had the Department of Justice do it. So it's 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 ridiculous. This, they're using semantics to get around it, but there's a there is a literal trail of paper. There were two requests put in. The first one got rejected because it was too broad because it, it mentioned Trump specifically, and they said no, you can't go after a private citizen. So then, what did Obama administration do? Well, they they went back, they took Trump's name out of it, submitted it again. Okay, well, you know now you can get it. Sure. Because now there's a, there's, there's a cause, uh, there's, there's some reason. And that's what people are saying too. Oh, there's, there, well, there must have been a clear reason. I mean, clearly he must have been engaged with a foreign entity. That still doesn't excuse it. I was reading an article today, which I will link to, uh, I believe it was Andrew McCarthy wrote it, uh, a lawyer, and, and just saying, oh, that's still not an excuse. If you're a private American citizen and you're speaking with another person from a foreign country, that's still not a reason that you can get a FISA court order to do it. And it's not like they're hard to get. Anything you hear saying that they're, that they're difficult to get or you have to have this amazing burden of proof is BS. The government just says, we need to get this information. We want you to get it. Here's what we think's happening. And the FISA court with its judges, which are named by the president or by the people specifically to make this a streamlined process, they, they just stamp it. So the fact that they rejected the first order should have been a massive red flag to everybody that something here is effed up. But no, the media ignores all of that. And this talks about, oh, oh no, no how could they, how dare he? How, how, how dare he? Never mind the fact that Obama spied on Congress. Never mind that Obama also spied on all the rest of us. I mean, did we did we forget about this? This is like, it, I, I just, I don't understand how the media has such an incredibly short memory. Nobody remembers Ed Snowden. You know, that whole thing where the, the NSA was spying on basically every single American all the time without any cause, without any warrant, just because they could. But, you know, well, but no, if we uh, if we think that maybe Obama would have spied on a political rival <laughs> that he despises, well, that's clearly that's stepping over the bounds. Because, you know, if you had if you had the power to spy on everybody in the world all the time and you did, you know, maybe if you thought you maybe there was a chick that was that was banging your uh, or your or uh, let's say there's a guy that's banging your wife. Weren't you going to, like, maybe check on that dude see see if he is banging your wife? That's Obama and Trump. The president's seat is Obama's real wife, and he was worried that Trump was going to come in and bang her silly. And you know what? He did. Trump came in and he loved her up good, stained the sheets. So, yeah, the whole peace court thing is just unbelievable to me. Um, oh, it makes me so frustrated. And on top of that, there's something else pretty interesting that's going on. Uh, I'll go into our next topic here. So there's a, another hearing. You know, Trump's only halfway through his all his positions that he needs to be appointed to. So he's got this guy named Dan Coats, he's senator, and he wants him to be the director of national intelligence, or at least he did want him to be the director of national intelligence before uh, all this FISA stuff started happening, because Dan Coats is a huge fan of FISA courts. Why? Ah, because he thinks that the FISA courts and the NSA spying, which he also loves, well, you know, they're designed to go after bad guys. Well, good news, Dan, you know, because we only catch bad guys in all this. We never catch any innocent Americans (laughs) caught up in this massive web. Um, We never, you know, clearly no uh, Americans were inadvertently spied upon during all of the collections that were going on and revealed in the Ed Snowden documents. And your boss, Donald Trump, Is he a bad guy? I mean, I guess he could be. eh, Arguable, debatable if he's a bad guy or not. But he has yet to be proven a bad guy. We have to see the evidence that he's a bad guy. So what's the problem? What's going on? Where's the system breaking down there, Danny boy? But not only that, so Dan Coates, that's one thing. He loves of courts, loves the NSA. But he also thinks that Guantanamo Bay is just a spanking great idea. He says, full for it. He thinks that it's a great idea that we should keep it open instead of having the people there. This is, this is what he said. He goes, you know, instead of having terrorists manning Starbucks. Great one. Good line, Dan. So, and he also thinks that they're, they're completely lawful. So I don't know if I can have a, a sit down with Dan. I'll email his people and find out. But so you're telling me that to arrest people, pull them off the streets, put a black bag over their head, chuck them in a cell. Don't let any lawyer see them. Don't let anybody contact them. Don't tell their family or friends or anybody else where they are. Don't even tell their dog, you know, because God forbid Fido goes in there yapping to somebody. Then you cut Fido down. You got to shoot Fido's friends in the head. It's going to be awful. It's Chihuahua massacre. But you can't have any due process. How in, How is that lawful? How is that in any way coherent with the beliefs of the American people? What this country was founded upon. So I got to think that, in light of everything else that has happened, at least one silver lining from this piece. I think. Well, actually, there'll be many silver linings. I think Obama may now he won't go to jail, but I could see Obama's whole legacy come crumbling down, and that would make me very, very, very happy. Oh, so happy. So, but uh, if that aside, Dan Coates might get ousted because, as a big fan of FISA, I could see Trump being like, you know what, Dan? No. Sorry, can't do it. So let's pray for that. Keep your fingers crossed. All right, let's do one more before we take a quick commercial break. How about that? What do you think? I say yes. Uh, Clarence Thomas, Justice Clarence Thomas of the Supreme Court, he recently ripped a new one for asset forfeiture in a ruling on a case versus called Leonard versus The State. And essentially what happened in this case was that a man, James Leonard, was stopped for a traffic infraction along what they called a quote-unquote drug corridor. And during a search of the vehicle, cop comes across a safe in the trunk. Leonard says, hey, you know what? That safe's my mom's safe. And some other, another woman that was his passenger gave a different story or take on what was in the safe. And he said, you know, what's in the safe is, uh, you know, my mom's, I, I'm not sure. So they open it up. It has 200 some thousand dollars in it and a bill of sale for a Pennsylvania house. So you think, okay, well, He's either buying a bunch of drugs with it, or he can be doing anything with it, because it's not the cop's position to just uh, pretend to make up shit about what people can do with their money, but it's clearly it's got a bill a sale for a house, so it seems like maybe uh, there's money for buying a house. So they turns out safe is his mother's, and his mother is actually the one that was suing Texas to get her money back, because what happens? Well, the cop says, what, well, $200,000? This is, a, this is a, a street where drugs are sold. Clearly, you're going to buy drugs, or you got this money from selling drugs. Takes the money, so now the state's two hundred thousand dollars richer. So good on this one, pursuing the state of Texas, because the state had provided basically zero evidence, other than the fact that they said, "Well, it's just an area, <laughs> it's an area where drugs are sold." That's like if <laughs> it's like if you left Twinkies on your desk and the Twinkies disappeared, and you saw a fat guy walking by, and you're like, "Hey, fat stuff, you eat these Twinkies?" And he's like, no, man, I didn't I didn't eat your Twinkies. He's like, you know what? Well, you look like a guy who likes Twinkies, and you were around a place where there were Twinkies. Boom. And then you take his wallet, and you take all the money out of his wallet. <laughs> and maybe he goes to jail. That's basically what's happening. So good for her. She sues. And Clarence Thomas correctly pointed out the fact that the state's provided no evidence other than this, this basic concept. And he's arguing that they need to have much stricter rules on this kind of thing. Because the the abuse for asset forfeiture is unbelievable. Uh, I was reading a stat. I think I was talking to Ryan Stout an episode a few episodes ago. Great comedian Ryan Stout, good libertarian buddy of the show, and talking about civil asset forfeiture has risen since I think nineteen ninety eight it got started. It's like quadrupled or more. It, it went from something like the first year it had you know four million dollars, and now it's up like four billion dollars. Like it, it's unbelievable the amount of money that these people take and most of the time under circumstances like this, where there's no way to prove it. Although oftentimes it's not people who actually have the means to fight back. This woman clearly has the means to fight back. You know, if she sold a house. She wants her money. But most of these people that take their money or, or their money or their property taken or their vehicles taken, they don't have that option. They're too poor to fight back. They don't know how to fight back. They need to have some at the ACLU come and back them up to, to, to you know, try to fight for their rights. So good she fought back. Now, here's another. Let me let me read you a little excerpt from Clarence Thomas' statement here. Modern civil forfeiture statutes are plainly designed, at least in part, to punish the owner of property used for criminal purposes. When a state wishes to punish one of its citizens, it ordinarily proceeds against the defendant personally, known as in persona. And in many cases, it must provide the defendant with full criminal procedural protections. Nevertheless, for reasons discussed below, this court permits prosecutors seeking forfeiture to proceed against the property known as in-rem, and to do so civilly. That's important, civil versus criminal court, guys. In-rem proceedings often enable government to seize the property without any pre-deprivation judicial process and to obtain forfeiture of the property even when the owner is personally innocent. Though some statutes, including the one here, provide for an innocent owner defense. Civil proceedings often lack certain procedural protections that accompany criminal proceedings, such as the right to a jury trial and a heightened standard of proof. Partially as a result of this distinct legal regime, civil forfeiture has in recent decades become widespread and highly profitable. Because the law enforcement entity responsible for seizing the property often keeps it, these entities have strong incentives to pursue forfeiture. Yeah, you think? This system, where police can seize property with limited judicial oversight and retain it for their own use, has led to egregious and well-chronicled abuses including to a nationally publicized report. For example, the police in the town of Tenaha, Texas, regularly seized the property of -of out-of-town drivers passing through and collaborated with the district attorney to coerce them into signing waivers of their property rights. It goes on, and I'm going to link to this. You should read the entire statement from, from Thomas here, but it just points out how atrocious it is. And I've said this before. I don't understand how anything like this can make it through the books and why it hasn't been widely repealed. I mean, why aren't people marching in the streets over this? The day this podcast is airing, Wednesday, March 8th, there is the day without a woman strike, which, as I've said before, and as I'll say again, I don't know what the hell it's for. There's nothing attacking women right now on Trump's platform. It's craziness. Now, if you did take the day off, good for you. You know what? Make a stance. If you believe in, in whatever it is they're trying to say, whatever they're trying to prove, good for you. That's your right as an American. Take the day off. Thank you for listening to the podcast on your day off from work or your day off from paid labor, uh, (laughs) putting your kids in the basement with a pizza and leaving them alone, whatever you're doing. Thank you for listening. But still, can we get out in March for civil asset forfeiture? I'll come up with a slogan, be like. Civil asset forfeiture, it is our money's torturer. Something like that. That's not the best. Look, <laughs> I'll be honest with you, I'm sure somebody could think of better. There's professional sign makers out there that can think of better. But Jesus, can we stand up for something like this that's really damaging to people instead of just meaningless crap all the time? Instead of like people taking marching, the March for Science. Uh, science is having a hard time. Now granted, I do think science is having a hard time when it comes especially to climate science. But overall, come on. Pay attention to concrete issues that are affecting people, that are disproportionately affecting minorities. The women's march, come on. Last statistics, young women coming up, 93% as much as men. And we're not even taking into account the fact that women take more time off, that often stop their careers, that look to other you know, they look to do other things. You're getting paid 93% as much as men. Do we really need to have a giant march right now? When people are losing billions of dollars to civil asset forfeiture with zero right or zero chance to, to really fight it back and have any any real chance of winning most of the time you think on that i'm going to go to commercial break when we come back i'm going to talk about some good news for civil asset forfeiture and we're going to raise the question well i'm going to raise the question to myself <laughs> to you since i'm all in right now uh whether or not arizona has the potential to be a libertarian utopia
1: Liberty lovers, have you seen our new t-shirt line over at lionsofliberty.store? If you haven't, well, go check them out. But if you have, then you've seen the great design work of my man Dan Smotts of Goulash Media. Dan has been a longtime fan of the Lions of Liberty podcast and credits the show with being a big contributor to his interest in libertarianism and politics in general. Dan is a super talented guy, and he is able to contribute to just about anything creative, whether it's graphic designs like you saw with our t-shirts, whether it's videography, he does weddings and that sort of thing, or audio production. He even did the newest jingle for Letters of Liberty, which you'll hear later in this program. Dan is based out of the Quad Cities area in Illinois, and he's always happy to travel. So if you've got a wedding coming up or any sort of project, video or audio related, I want to highly encourage you to check out Dan Smotts and Goulash Media. That's Goulash, G-O-U-L-A-S-H, goulashmedia.net or goulashfilms.com.
0: All right, and we are back here at Electric Liberty Land. All right, so you might have heard my little lead in there, my, my cliffhanger about Arizona. Now, Arizona, don't get me wrong, is a terrible Terrible place. I've been there several times. I can't say I've enjoyed Minute 1 at any point that I've ever been there. I'm sorry if you're from Arizona. You grew up in a horrible place. It's crap hole, and I want nothing to do with it. Frankly, I'm shocked that all the armadillos haven't left. I'm shocked all the people haven't left. I'm shocked all the lizards haven't left. Just en masse. Just like, you know, just a big burst, and there's a cloud left over. Everybody looks around and go, where the hell did everybody go? They got the fuck out of Arizona, because that place sucks. But maybe Arizona lawmakers realize that they're making it better because they just introduced a bill which would really curb asset forfeiture. Now, it doesn't get rid of it, which I think is sad. But what it does do is it, you know, just like Clarence Thomas was saying, there is no real burden of proof on the government other than a coincidental association of concepts and words and places they can take your money. This places a burden on them to really have to prove that there is some sort of connection. And that's great. Now, this happened in the Arizona House. This is a bill from Representative Eddie Farnsworth, who's a Republican from Gilbert. I don't know where that is. Why would I? Like I said, Arizona, pointless, pointless, crappy state. But... Let's get into it. So he says uh, this is House Bill 2477, and the legislation would require prosecutors to establish a higher evidentiary standard for asset forfeiture. Yes, that's great. It would basically raise that, you know, it would require police and prosecutors to provide a, quote, clear and convincing evidence that the property was linked to a crime. So, you know, the pur- the, the law doesn't require a criminal conviction before proceeding, which I think is wrong. It at least takes a step forward reforming the asset forfeiture laws. So while I think he should have gone farther, I think he should have insisted on the fact that people should have – like if you're going to take someone's assets away, they should have been proven to be involved in a crime. Um, This conjecture on the part of the state that allows you to, to steal people's money is insanity. It's ridiculous. So he could have gone farther. But still, this is a big step forward. And it passed 60 to zero, despite opposition from some of the local police unions and, and all, this, all the, the typical suspects that benefit from money pouring into their coffers from this, what I argue would be an illegal act. So that's good. That's, that's number one. But there's more. But wait, there's more. Remember Ron Paul? Have you guys heard of him? Remember old Ronnie Paul? Well, Ronnie Paul recently came out And he came out supporting, (laughs) for obvious reasons, a new bill in Arizona called HB-2014. And essentially what this bill is, is it's a sound money bill, which is awesome. And this measure says, let me quote here from the New American. "Uh, It would exempt from gross income the exchange of one kind of legal tender for another. And it also redefines legal tender to include specie that is to say... Coins having precious metal content. So basically, you can now exchange gold or silver as legal tender and not get penalized for it. The government's not going to crack down on you. And they're also not going to try to tax your ass off as a capital gain, which is wonderful. So it raises the question. Arizona is now combating legal forfeiture. They're putting out gold and silver as legal tender. Should I have to eat my words? Should I look at Arizona in a brand new light? Perhaps. Because you know what else? Arizona also has open carry laws. Anybody over the age of 21 can get a gun and can open carry that wherever the hell they want to go. They can open carry, it, they can conceal, they can conceal carry without the need for a license. Law-abiding citizens, anyway. I'll, I'll let John Odermatt talk about it on Felony Friday. Whether or not it's just to deny felons the right to bear arms, I agree with him that it is not. But again, he can go into that more should he desire. But how great is that? So, guys, Arizona. I mean, I'm just saying when uh, when California secedes and uh, and the the Antifa takes over the government here. Arizona may be our last bastion of hope. We'll be fleeing there. It'll be like The Walking Dead, a show which, by the way, jumped a shark years ago. If you're still watching it, you're stupid. But it'll be like, we're fleeing the zombie hordes and Arizona is our last refuge. Or if you see the movie Logan, it'll be our Eden. <laughs> I don't tell you what that is. But it's basically, uh, you know, it plays a big role in the, in, the, uh, in the plot and is essentially a private community. Voluntarism. There you go. Private community there. Voluntary laws. But uh, Arizona. Hmm. Good job. Keep up the good work there, guys. Maybe I'll give you a second look, especially as L.A. becomes insanely expensive and I can't afford anything here. All right. What next? Let's talk a little bit about Trump care. And then uh, well, yeah, we'll do Trump care and I'm going to do one more thing. We'll talk a little bit about Israel in just a bit. So, in regards to hashtag Trumpcare, or I believe it's called the American Healthcare Act, and a brilliant work of naming from uh, from Paul Ryan, really grabbed the public's imagination there, Paul. But everybody's just calling it Trumpcare because Trump has signed off on it. Now, that's confusing, because Trump, his whole signature thing and what he had agreed with Rand Paul on was, you know, repeal this thing all at once, really replace it with something substantive, and also... Trump was a huge advocate of having you be able to get insurance across state lines. Now, I don't see anything about getting insurance across state lines in this new bill. In fact, it keeps the exchanges in place. Yes, the healthcare exchanges, which have been failing all around us all the time. There's barely healthcare exchanges. Like, I mean, for example, Trump in his speech to Congress, I think he referenced. <laughs> the uh where was it? Indiana maybe or uh Illinois and had one healthcare provider left because the markets had crashed down upon themselves so hard? I mean Jesus, when you can find more brothels than you can healthcare providers in Illinois or wherever the hell it was, you know you have a problem. And yet Trump has no problem signing off on this bill. And trying to pressure Rand Paul to sign off on it. Yes, the same Rand Paul who went and tried to read the bill and was denied via armed guards. Because God knows we shouldn't allow a senator to read a bill that's in the House to comment on it before it's it's pushed through. But that's not all there is to hate about this bill. There's a lot to hate about this bill. Uh, Justin Amash and Rand Paul have taken to calling it Obamacare 2.0 or Obamacare Lite, and I agree with them wholeheartedly. Because let's just just tick off the things that are wrong with this bill. I already listed the fact that the health care exchanges are still around. You still can't compete or you can't shop around for different insurance providers across state lines. It does absolutely nothing to address pharmaceuticals. Uh, It also, instead of having, you know, Obamacare had this subsidy. Well, they've renamed it and and tried to try to make it sound like it's some sort of tax incentive. But it's essentially just keeping the same subsidies Obamacare had in place. From what I've understood from reading about it. What happens is like in Rand Paul's plan, he had tax credits that, you know, you could either have health savings accounts, but also you had tax credits that were, that were refundable to you as long as you put money in. The way this new Obamacare light or Trump care is set up, you still get a check, even if you put nothing in. So that's called a subsidy. That's called an entitlement. When you are not putting any money into the system and yet you are getting money out of the system, that is an entitlement. So that's in there. Additionally, it's got a penalty, so they got rid of the individual mandate, so you're no longer penalized for not having insurance, but they penalize you if you have a gap in your insurance. <laughs> so, so what's your incentive to come back on? Or I guess you're, there's a huge anti-incentive to drop your health care insurance in the first place. So that's lovely. So, if you're a young, healthy person, you say, Well, great, I'm going to drop my insurance now. Well, now, if you try to get back on in a few years, they're going to hit you with a penalty under this current system. They also have the provision in there where if you have a pre existing health condition, you can't be denied insurance. Now, did this whole system implode and didn't all of our healthcare premiums skyrocket because? People with pre-existing conditions could not be denied insurance. So now let's see, what have they done? They've gotten rid of the mandate. So that way there's not many people paying into the system. Nobody's being forced to buy healthcare insurance anymore. But yet you still can't deny anybody with a pre-existing condition insurance. So how exactly is any of this going to get paid for? How exactly is that risk pool going to be mitigated? Because all the unhealthy people are going to leave at least the ones that aren't scared to leave because of this penalty they're putting in place. Things are just going to keep getting worse and worse and worse and snowballing worse and, worse and worse and worse. And I can't believe that these idiots in Washington don't see this. I guess I'm not surprised that Trump didn't see it. But, I mean, the rest of them, how could you not think that this is just the worst possible? I mean, Obamacare was already bad. You have basically just made Obamacare worse. It's It's shocking in its stupidity. For being completely honest, absolutely shocking in its stupidity. I mean, I I know. And and then on top of that, too, Medicaid stays the same. Um, The the states are going to get a big ass payout. They're getting something like one hundred billion dollars to individual states to to bolster their own Medicaid programs. There's literally nothing to like. So uh, we'll see if it passes the House. You know, it's got all GOP support. The president's behind it. But good news is it will not get past the Senate because Rand Paul and Amash and I believe Mike Lee and someone else. I don't know if it's Ted Cruz or not. uh, I think I think Teddy was involved earlier. Good old Severus Cruz. Uh, They have the power to stop it. And they should. They damn well better. I got one more topic in me today. I apologize; this going to be a little bit of a shorter show. I'm uh, traveling and I've got a lot of stuff to do coming up, but I'm going to do a little longer show next week, guys. Uh, I've got a, a friend of mine who's another comedian, Matt Neal, who also is involved with MAPS. You might know them. They do a lot of research into uh, the use of psychedelics and how that impacts the brain and, uh, and different other uses for healing and treating of disease. So he is very uh, liberal bent, though. So it should be an interesting show engaging him on uh on a few topics might be some some haymakers thrown from from my side so that will be a little bit of a uh, of a longer show all right one more thing to wrap up the show let's end on some good news goodish news not for americans mind you <laughs> but for our pals over in israel that we give so much money and armament to and uh and we like to give so much support to in the public sphere i know trump loves them loves the israelites but They've got some good news for all of their citizens, and that is they are decriminalizing marijuana use, according to haretz.com and uh, multiple other sources I've seen, too. So that's pretty awesome. In Israel, they are decriminalizing it. And and to the point, it's not full decriminalization where you can just walk down the street smoking it. You're still not allowed to smoke it. That's decriminalization, not legalization. But you will not be charged with anything up to four times where you're caught using it. So that's great. Good job for you guys. I mean, still should push for overall legalization. But if our pals in Israel are doing it, hopefully, APAC will get behind it. <laughs> the, you know, the Association for uh, Israeli American Relations. Uh, I can't remember the exact, well, what the what the exact spelling out of all those letters is. But hey, if they're behind it, God knows they can get our politicians to do just about anything. If they can force us to give them billions and billions of dollars a year in aid. And military weapons to a tiny country that's got uh, no issues and has a nuclear weapon that, that shush, we don't know about. Nobody's supposed to talk about. Then I'm sure they can help to push through a little legalization of marijuana on this side of things, huh? Come on, boobalas. Come on. Give us a little help. My boobies. What's funny though is that you know, they needed to legalize weed over there. If there's people that, if there's any, any peoples that need weed, it's the Jews. Cause that is the only way gefilte fish gets eaten. Because that shit is disgusting. I remember I tried it one time. I, uh, I was at a friend's Seder. And, uh, wow. I mean, if you've ever met a piece of cardboard that got fucked by a trout and then was left in the sun. Like, they left their, their cardboard trout love child in the sun for about two to three days. You've got kafeltafish. Just a hunk of disgusting, rotting fish. It is truly, truly vile. So at least they've got somebody to eat that now. So, you know, good job. Good job, Jews. You've uh, you found a way to get people to be hungry enough, to have the munchies enough to go through that stuff. You know what? I think that's going to do it for today's show, guys. I thank everybody out there for listening to Electric Liberty Land. Uh, just a reminder, if you enjoy the shows, if you enjoy this podcast, please do go on to iTunes, Lions of Liberty, and give us a a review. Hopefully five stars, you know. You're already there. You might as well have a good time with it. So yeah, iTunes reviews help us out a lot. Share the podcast with your friends. Tell them, hey, you should listen to this uh, this idiot talk about Gefeltafish fish and his uh, his weird terrorist dreams with Hillary Clinton. You know, <laughs> maybe they'll get a kick out of it. Plus, follow us on Twitter at Lions of Liberty. Join our Facebook forum. You can converse with me and some other people that are uh, they're good folks. That's, of course, just go to Facebook, Lions of Liberty Forum. It'll pop right up. If you don't look like a crazy weirdo, we'll let you on in. And remember, lionsofliberty.store for all our T-shirts. We also have awesome koozies now, guys. That's a low-cost of entry item. You can show your pride when you're drinking, convince some people in your drunken orgies to uh, to check us out. And also, you can support our podcast of lionsofliberty.com forward slash support. And I think that about does it. So, guys, thank you so much for listening. Appreciate you, uh, you listening to me ramble on every Wednesday here. So, from me, Brian McWilliams from... Electric Liberty Land. Stay plugged in to live.